Hello and welcome to another episode of Theatre Club Podcast. Madeline is back from LA. Hey! Welcome back, and Alice is here as well. I like the fact that Madeline's in her yoga pants. She's like, this is how I live now. I'm just like, I'm just sort of in my leisure wear. (laughs) (laughs) My Lululemons. (laughs) Um, So this week we've got quite a few shows. We have a trio of queer theatre. I saw everybody's talking about Jamie finally. You guys went to see Leave to Remain at the Lyric. And I also saw, at the very end of 2018, I saw Hot Gay Time Machine. Madeline went to see a new musical out in LA, which is soon to open on the West End stage, which is Come From Away. I'm really excited to hear about this. Me too. A top tip of Alice's... 2018? From 2018. It feels like 2014. It seems like ages ago you that talked was talking about, about it. Yeah. yeah. And then I've also got um, a new play, which has actually just closed... Um, but we haven't had a chance to get together to podcast, but it's called In Lipstick, which was a new play by Annie Jenkins at the Peasants Theatre. So I'll talk about that as well. But let's start with your top tip, Alice. So I'm very excited about this show. Um, it's at one of our favourite theatres, which is the Arcola Theatre in Dalston, and oh. they are doing um, a stage adaptation of the film Little Miss Sunshine. And oh. Little Miss Sunshine won an Oscar. Oscar, can you tell me what category it won? Um... Oh, God. Did it win Best Sporting Actor? It did. <gasps> Who was it again? Wasn't it uh, Alan Arkin? Yes! yes. It also won um, a category for Best Original Screenplay. Did it win Screenplay as well? Yeah. Oh, that was a good film. Did you like the film, Madeline? I did. I really did. Because I think it was like, you kind of thought it was just this merry wee film and then it was actually really quite dark. Mm. Yeah, so it's yeah. about the Hoover family. And their daughter, Olive, gets invited to um, compete in the Little Miss Sunshine beauty pageant. She doesn't get invited. She wants to compete. And she's not your typical beauty pageant contestant. She's very awkward and like chubby and has glasses. And she's not the sort of person, but this is her dream to do it. And so this sort of family decide, let's all get in this van. In a yellow camper van. And they do a sort of road trip from like New Mexico to California. Yeah. And um, that's on the poster for the show is this family in the yellow camper van. They're calling it like a rock road trip musical or something, aren't they? Yeah. And it's directed by Mehmet Ergen, or Ergen, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Um, And he actually is the artistic director of the Arcoda Theatre. And I think he founded the Southwark Playhouse as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. And worth saying that Arcola Theatre is tiny. Yes, I can't even imagine how you would do something big in there. No, I can't either. We've, I've seen Carousel done in there. So what? I think, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and it was good. I mean, it's. I think it's often more of a challenge to use a small space and make something out of it, so I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and the tickets are really reasonable. They range from about £10. Top price is £30. Cool. And uh, previews are from the 21st to the 30th of March, so those cool. tickets will be slightly cheaper. And then when does it finish its run? It finishes its run on the 11th of May. That's a good long run. Yeah. yeah. I definitely want to see that. Great. So let's book it. Absolutely. On to our gay plays. <laughs> um, first one is Everybody's Talking About Jamie, which has been on in the West End since the end of 2017. And I've always sort of wanted to see it because it's totally up my alley. Yeah. Kind of thing. But why have we not? Do you know what I mean? Like, why have I we been reticent? Maybe just like some, some uh, maybe snobbishness mm. of like... I don't know why I haven't. I was just thought. Oh, I know maybe why it's I not... haven't seen it. It's because I was worried that it was going to be a bit kinky boots esque. Exactly. Which I thought was going to be. Oh, it's about this, you know, dealing with sexuality and femininity and drag. And actually, when I went to see it, what kinky boots? Yeah, it was the Awful. most vanilla version bland. of that bland version of that ever. It yeah. did not. Push. I loved kinky boots. 
Well, know. this is based on a real documentary on BBC about this boy who was 16, um, Jamie Campbell, who wanted to be a drag queen. And then they made it into a play, a musical at the Sheffield Crucible Theatre, I think. Uh-huh. And Dan Gillespie Stills from The Feeling, remember that band? I. He wrote the music. Um, Tom McRae wrote the book and lyrics. And then it transferred to London. So yeah, it's about this boy who in the place called Jamie New and he wants to be a drag queen, goes to school in Sheffield. And it's just about that, basically, him wanting to be a drag queen. He single parent, his mum, who's very supportive. His dad is kind of barely in his life and his mum's basically lying to him about she like fakes a birthday card from the dad and stuff. So the okay. dad basically wants nothing to do with him. And it's all just about finding who you are, finding acceptance and it's really, it's really good. Was Michelle Visage in it when you saw it? And she does, yes. Ah! And she does a Sheffield accent for the whole show. Successfully? I mean, look, no, not, <laughs> not fully. But the fact that she even attempted a Sheffield accent, it wasn't bad, actually. Like, I've heard British, like, non, you know, British people do regional accents on yeah. the same level. So the fact that she's American and she, you know, she went for it, it wasn't actually terrible. I did, did hear someone behind me go, I think she's American. Oh, really? Yeah, she was fine. It was a smallish part. Um, yeah, it was just actually so much better than I thought it was going to be. The okay. music is good. Some of the music's not as good. It's kind of a bit forgettable, especially later in the show. The opening couple of numbers are really good. Um, and the book's actually quite funny. That's It's kind of everything like... Remember the band that I talked about in the last episode, the Take That musical, and just how, like, they just didn't nail any of the kind of emotional moments or any of the comedy. This kind of got all of that right. So, like, this, you know, set in Sheffield, a lot of that kind of comedy was really good. Like, very, actually, you know, I laughed out loud a couple of times. It wasn't cringy. And the stuff that was sincere about it was actually sincere. But it had a little bit of bite. It wasn't all, like, mushy. It had some kind of, you know... It was just, it was good. It was just, a re- and really feel good. And the, it feels very diverse and contemporary. There's a lot of, like, his best friend in it is a Muslim character. And obviously set in Sheffield, it really reflects what Sheffield, yeah. a Sheffield classroom would look like. Yeah. All over, I think it's just a really fun show. I would highly, highly recommend it. I just oh, left good. with I just left with, like, a really good feeling about it. It's very, very positive without being overly sentimental. Yeah. Kind of real, kind of earnest in a nice sort of way. Yeah, it's just really good. I would actually really recommend it. It's not like a kinky boots it's not a tourist trap kind of show obviously it is because i think it's dragon but i think the audience that were there were really like everyone was really into it and really positive and like really feeling it so i think it's got a really good kind of cult following i saw for john mccray's last performance i saw on twitter a group of girls camped out from like seven o'clock at night till the next morning at 10 a.m overnight just to like make sure they got day seats for the final performance to see him oh Crazy. Like Heather's vibes. Really like Heather's vibes. nuts. The show is now extended its booking period with Leighton Williams until September of this year. So September 2019 it's booking till. I think it will stay open longer. I hope it does because I think it could be a really good fixture in the West End, just like Billy Elliot was. Mm. Um, day seats are available from 10am at the box office and there's also a ticket lottery on the Today's Ticks app that you can enter in the morning from 10. How much are the day seats? 20 quid. Great. Or was it 25? It's 20 or 25. Pretty sure it's 20. Cool. That's fantastic. Well, we've got ages to see it now. It's until September. Yeah, fully recommend it. And I would like, I would see it again with Leighton Williams just to see how he does it. Oh, good. Yeah, in a couple of months time, I would definitely see it again. It's really, really good. Made me feel all good inside. That could be a nice wee summer Yeah, I'd like to see everything talking about Jamie. Yeah, that's great. Um, Right, on to our next gay play. (laughs) You guys went to see, and I was supposed to come to see Leave Tremaine at the Lyric. But I got my first ever migraines. That was fun. <laughs> Ten minutes before I was about to leave the house. So hopefully I'm going to try and get my tickets moved 
Um, Definitely, you've got to see it, Oscar. Okay, you, so, you would have. Like, Alice, I turned around to her at the end and just went, "Oh my god, it's such a shame he wasn't here. Mm. He would have loved it." It's it's so up your street, hun. So so I read a really good review in the Guardian. Yeah, which some the sentence that um, Michael Billington um, who reviewed it summed up for me. He said, a spirited British musical in which story, song and movement are seamlessly integrated. Yeah. And that's a good description. Isn't it? It's the story, the song and the movement. So let's go with the story first. Yeah. So the story is funny because it's called Leave to Remain. And what we kind of purposely do, me in particular, is I try not read anything about it before I see it. And I actually did think I was going to see something gay Brexit Brexit thing. Um, So, yeah, it's written by Kelly Okoreki, I think is how you pronounce his name, um, who is from Block Party, as I quite like as a band, and a guy called Matt Jones um, is the co-writer, and he's done lots of telly stuff. Um, so it's essentially about two, a gay couple, and that he, one of them realises that he's American, there's a British guy and an American guy, the American guy then gets offered a job in his company and he needs to move to Abu Dhabi, but in order to stay, he kind of suggests his boyfriend, do they get married? And the boyfriend, the British one, he's, his family originally from Nigeria, Um and then that's kind of as much as I really want to say, I think, so then it's about the melding of these families and the journey to these two young men getting married yeah that's or perfect. not and um the the nigerian descent um boyfriend um one of the couple obi obi is yeah. played by tyrone huntley yeah and he i felt was so i was saying to oscar what have i seen him in <gasps> oh, yeah. memphis he was in and he was also in the original london cast of dream girls and i don't know if i saw him in that but his voice is great yeah. It's really good. And that leads us on, I suppose, to the songs. Mm-hmm. They are so good. I would mm-hmm. b- download the album if I could. Mm-hmm. And you it's, can, I think. I oh, think can it, you? it's been released as like a concept album. Yeah, I yeah. would. And because the songs were were like, they're not like big ensemble songs. No. They're almost like when we went to see the um, Dylan... Um, Girl from the North Country. Girl from North Country. Each, it sounds mood like pieces, mood yeah. pieces. Um, and they're, they're just, re- the songs are really good. Um, the movement we should talk about, the oh choreography is by, um, director and choreographer Robbie Graham. There's a, there's a scene where they're all having a, um, the families decide to meet. So there's the American boyfriend's family and he's got a sort of overbearing mother. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Nigerian family that come and they've sort of got, a, they're estranged and it's a, a big argument sort of happens. Yeah. And the choreography of just that dinner scene is so clever it's a, it's sort of like slow motions yep. of it and little movements. It's it's hard to it's hard to describe it. And that whole slow motion thing, I became obsessed with watching because you want to watch each of the characters individually and see what they're doing. And because it's in slow motion, you have the time to look at them. And it was flawless. Like, and it's hard. Like, if you're gonna, you know, you can kind of pretend you're like, I'm moving slowly. It's hard to do, but it's so hard to do. And at one point, they, they're sort of like they're moving chairs, and someone kind of goes falls back on a couch, and somehow does it in slow motion. It was just, it let's, was it mesmerizing. Let's not forget the, um, you know, so it worth saying that these two boys live in Shoreditch in a really cool oh, yeah. flat. They go out clubbing, they're doing drugs. It's yeah. it's set in present day. Yeah. And the club scenes are really good because they've managed to make it feel like a nightclub without without just having like thumping music and people bump. There's yeah. the choreography's very clever. Mm. And 
in that in that it really invokes that kind of nightclub messiness like oh, gay clubbing completely with with pretty much a bare stage and they're only really using sort of strip like red lights and things but they're managing to kind of completely evoke that idea of oh yeah you're getting messed up in a club and how that how a night can go from being kind of okay to not okay and and anyone that is gay and is on the scene and going out regularly will totally get it it's so well observed it's not cringe it's not like oh this is what we imagine it would be like it's done really well it's not like people are obviously taking drugs Mm. they're sort of his boyfriend's an ex-addict so he's not taking drugs and they're doing it very slyly behind his back the choreography just for that is very clever Mm. yeah um and the other thing that worth mentioning is there's no interval. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so I Alice and I, I think, are on slightly different pages with this. I would have trimmed the plate. So it's one hour, 50 minutes. And that is a long time. When you look at it as a whole, you kind of can't imagine where they could have done an interval. That's what I thought afterwards. I thought, where, where, you, there's no point where you kind of could have very neatly kind of gone, okay, stop for 50 minutes and we'll start again. It, the, the running of it, Lends itself. Is, lends itself to it. You're on this journey with like them. Like a film, I guess. Yeah, but I would have, I could have trimmed out two of the songs and cut it by about seven minutes, I'd say. Um, what I also thought afterwards was it, it felt like one of the most contemporary things I've seen in a long time. And it's not like, you know, it's so cool. 50 year old men have tried to imagine what it's like to be, the, the, he's, as you say, he's telling his, his like kind of bits of his life story. It feels so current, so richly observed. Uh, yeah never... every relationship in it even oh. just the way that the gay friends are all together and they yeah. all fan- like that guy fancies the other one yeah and then in the family relationship you've got the mother who's having to deal with a very sort of first generation nigerian husband yeah. but it's yeah. just everything is so good and I'd, I'd go again oh i would absolutely go again well, i'm really hoping that they will move my tickets I or i'll just have that. to buy some more because it runs till the end of uh, mid-feb i think feb 16th or something yeah it closes on the 16th of feb there are st- uh, still tickets available they're ranging from 15 pounds to 42 yeah, pounds 15 quid ones on the end of row. i might if i have to buy more tickets or something i'm just gonna 100%. yeah Book it. Time Out had an offer, didn't they? Oh, yeah. That's because that's running off for ages. Yeah. Hopefully they've still got that. But I think also just try and find those stall seats. You sat in those, didn't you, on the end of the aisle? Yeah. What they like on the end of the aisle? Brilliant. They were brilliant. And I kind of felt like you could have sat anywhere. It's not, there's so much movement around the stage that I don't think there would be a bit of the house that would be bad to sit in. If you're in the circle, if you're in the stalls, it's a fantastic view. All of it, it's because the action is so spread. Um, it was so good. Anyone oh, it was terrific. Absolutely oh, really excited brilliant. to see it now. I will definitely, definitely, definitely go. Yeah, everybody go and see Leave to Remain. Everybody will love this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So on to the final show in our gay thruple of shows, our gay plays, yeah. was um, The Hot Gay Time Machine, the gayest probably of the three <laughs> shows um, by its very design. So I went to see this on New Year's Eve. They had a oh my god! Yeah, they had a performance at three pm. It was fantastic. So we went to see it out by four fifteen. It's just a seventy-five minute show, um, and it was such a good way to kickstart New Year's. I left on such a high. So basically, it's by Toby Marlowe. Um, and Lucy Moss, who wrote Six, you know, Six the musical. Oh, which I, which I back. didn't see that you guys love. It's now extended to January 2020, by the way, Six. Oh, crap. I'm yeah. so happy for them because it is fantastic. So, so, this is a show that I think predates Six. Um, it was at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, mm. went to the other palace, and then it went to Trafalgar Studios. It's now closed. Um, so, it stars Toby Marlowe, 
one of the writers, and then also um, Zach Ghazi Tabati. I think I'm saying that right. He's the other star. So it's these two guys, and basically it's just um, it's like a gay kind of cabaret of sort of little songs, basically. Um, what does the thing on the website say? It's a time-travelling adventure through the history of their favourite topic, themselves, covering mm. all the most important moments in a gay man's life, from coming out to your mum and navigating the naked politics of the school locker room. So it's just kind of taking all those situations from their like childhood and growing up gay. Um, and just they're just really hilarious songs, a bit like Six, just some really clever kind of parodies of musical style, different musical styles and different kind of just clever wordplay. And it's just it's just hilarious and it's high energy. So when you're out in the um bar before they come out and they're like right this is a gay play we're gay they're just like it's like full energy like they're screaming where is like, it on trafalgar studios oh, the, I, the right, basement one what studio. the actors came out yeah they just come out and they're like right we're gay <laughs> walking around the you gay and they're like right it's a gay play and they're like get inside get inside and then you go in and it's like a and they're talking to everyone like one of them stroke me as i walk past it's like a proper big like high high energy they're like so hyperactive. I want to see it. It's, it's literally the most fun ever. I mean, slightly terrifying in that there was audience participation involved. I in one bit, it. they're like telling a story. Do you remember when we were young and we would dance and then our sister and then they pull this girl out of the audience and <gasps> she would show us the routine. I wouldn't be her. And then they're like, yeah. and go. Oh, and she had like, to do a routine? Yeah. Oh, like, oh my God. Oh, I, no. do, I know what I do. Oh, like, no, remember I'm when you're I'm my out. sister and you'd show us, our, show us the routine to Beyonce and then like she literally this poor girl had to and then in another bit it's like when he's coming out to his mum they pull this girl out and she has to be the mum oh it was just so I mean I'm glad it wasn't me having to do any of those bits but it was really really funny just like the biggest gayest sort of fun fun show it also you know it did have some moments of like fairly touching moments but Uh they didn't go too like it would get a little bit genuine and then they just cut it off really quickly and turn it back around to being funny so you got the kind of hints at that and also it's quite self-aware, like they kind of quite funnily, they were very self-referential to their own gay privilege. Like they met at Cambridge University, they're white gay men, you know, so they, they made funny reference to the fact that like the gay experience for them is totally different. Than, yeah, yeah, totally opposite to leave to remain then. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. They yeah. Were, but they were making a massive point about that and a massive point about like women and like they had a funny song which was in, you know, just looking back at stuff like when they were young and first came out as gay and like their disregard for like touching women's bodies, you know, like often when you're gay and you like lean into it so hard and we can grab girls' tits because we're gay, it's fine. <laughs> and they did a whole thing about that, how about like it's not okay for anyone to touch a woman's body without having mission yes they did some really like funny stuff about that funny stuff about their own privilege very self-referential like the toby marlowe who reminded me a lot of chris lilly who did um summer heights high oh oscar there was a lot of please stop stealing things i'm just about to say because i was literally just about to say when i saw a song from this it reminded me of summer heights high he's he's got a lot of jamae and mr g and he does it and he'll just do these little looks to the side and we were on his side so we got all his little like sideways looks and it's just that very self-aware kind of over the top we love ourselves, you know, it was just very, yeah, he reminded me a lot of Chris Lilly. It was just really good fun. If it ever comes back, 100% go oh again. Oh my God, yeah, it's Please like, love bring it. it back. Just like Six, it's like the funnest night out you can have. They've like totally got that, nothing lagged, nothing sagged. It's just 75 minutes of fun, fun, fun. Gay, gay, gay. Cool. What's it- now? What's next? Please say it's drinking Is time. Is it drinking time? Yeah, let's Yay! make a cocktail. What kind now, of cocktail? I haven't come up with anything particularly clever or related to anything, but it's a Sunday, so I thought, what else? But let's just do Bloody Marys. Fabulous. And we'll call them Bloody Jamies in honour of <laughs> finally seeing 
everybody's talking about Jamie. I've got the glasses freezing in the freezer for you, my darling. Clever girl. So how's everyone enjoying the bloody Jamies? Sensational. That's a really... That tomato mix is so good. Big Tom's. Vegetarian as well. For those of you out there who don't realise, is that Worcester sauce, it's in Bloody Mary's, has anchovies in it. And I am a strict vegetarian, so I can't ever have Worcester sauce. So I'm constantly the annoying person in a pub like, excuse me, um, uh, your pre-made Bloody Mary mix, um, does it all actually have Worcester sauce in it? And they're always like, yeah. And I'm like, great, I can't have a Bloody Bloody Mary. <laughs> so, but this one we've made today, Alice specifically has bought vegan Worcester sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, it's delicious. It's so tasty, honey. And I put some of um, that Frank's hot sauce, chili and lime hot sauce in it as well. Yum. For an extra bit of chili. And I bought celery bitters and there's celery salt in it. And what's this lovely pink salt you've put around the rim, Al? Oh, I got that in Spain. It's lovely. Chili yeah, salt. It's really it's lovely. Cool. I don't think it's chili, it's hibiscus. What? Oh, hibiscus. That's hibiscus. why it's pink. Mm, very that's for the little that's what makes it a, a bloody jamie is that little bit of pink flair mm. you did it well done yum yum so madeline while you were in la you went to see a show that has had a record-breaking sellout runs on broadway absolutely it comes from canada originally yeah and it is come from away was a top tip of mine in 2018 because it's soon to come to the phoenix theater in london yeah but you're here with a hot preview. I am. So I think I felt when in LA, it's like everywhere. Advertising for it's everywhere. And I thought, do you know what? To see this play in America would actually be quite a fabulous little thing. But I think going to the theatre in LA was quite an interesting observationally. So um, first things first is that everyone in America, they're getting drinks. Like, that was quite a surprising thing. The queues for the bar. Like, at first, I'm like, is everyone queuing to, like, get in? What's going on? And you realise it's actually a queue for everyone to get alcohol. And so it felt like everyone in the theatre got a drink, which I don't think you see often in London. Um, the amount in Al, the sort of driving, driven you crazy. The latecomers. Oh, oh. You knew you had tickets. You knew what time it started. Exactly. The most infuriating thing. So that was an interesting observation. Um, but, so worth saying, come from away... Well, the story about it actually is, it's kind of, it talks about, people talk about it as the 9-11 play. And that's not really fair because what it's about is what happened after 9-11. And it's basically, it's been a massive sold out Broadway hit. And essentially what it's telling is the story of Canadian generosity um, after the horrors happened. Um, it's what happened when, basically after 9-11 had happened, US airspace was temporarily closed completely. Um, so the closure meant international flights had to land elsewhere and 38 jumbo jets, so jump, think how many people would be in jumbo jets, 38 jumbo jets wound up landing in this small town called Gander, which is in Newfoundland. Um, and they basically these planes landed and it's a community there in Gander of fewer than 10,000 people and there was 7,000 passengers. That, ha- that landed there. So from all these planes and these people land, they were, and it's just, I think what was fascinating about this show is that you learn so much during it because we all look back and you think of 9-11 and you think of that day, but it's kind of this idea of the aftermath of it and the kind of necessity of people, as much as something so tragic is going on, they still had to kind of galvanise and keep going. So it's this community kind of come together and they work out how they're going to feed, clothe, 
get enough toilets, get medication for people. Like it was so, the logistical nature of it all was fascinating. So these planes land. One of the planes was held on the tarmac for 22 hours. And they couldn't get off. They, well, they couldn't get off the plane because no one knew at that stage. It was like, are there bombs on other planes? Are there terrorists on other planes? And it was until the kind of US government essentially had said, lifted the kind of sanctions and said, right, you can now get off planes and it worked out what the hell had happened. But those so bread rolls must have run out quick. Oh, well, that's it. So they do... So. As, as much as it's a kind of really tragic thing, this play, it's worth saying, I laughed as in lolling at points. I cried to the point where I came out of the theatre and thought, yeah, I probably don't look too bad. I don't think I had that much makeup on. I saw myself in the toilet afterwards. I was like, oh dear God, I look like I've been dragged through a hedge backwards. My mascara was all over my face. <laughs> it is the most heartwarming, beautiful play. And I think seeing it in America... I felt so lucky to have had that kind of experience because as I'm sitting there surrounded by an American audience, oh, sorry, worth saying is that at, at the, as you went into the theatre in the lobby, they had two maps and they'd a map of all of, um, America and North America and they'd wee pins and you could write your name on it and then basically put a pin in where you were from. Oh. Okay. So it was really cool. I've got photos we put up on the um, Instagram. So this, this map of all the people in America that have seen, have come to the see this place. So you look at that, it's crazy. And then there was another map that's like rest of the world. And that was, there was a few scant things and there was not one person that had seen it from the UK. So I wrote my name and then oh. stuck a little pin in Edinburgh. Do you think it'll do well in London? Oh, then? it'll do so well, hon. So when can we see it, Oscar? Opens at the Phoenix Theatre in London on Feb- uh, January the 30th. And it's running until September 14th. So it's got a good long run already. And what about tickets? So I've looked at tickets, they're sort of standard Phoenix theatre prices, fairly expensive, I think, which is mm. why I've held off booking, and they have now released the day seat information, which is, day seats are available to buy at the box office from 10am, maximum two per person, they are £20, and they have 12 every day. Mm. Not um, a lot, not, not a lot. lot. Today's ticks is also running rush tickets like they do for £25, those are allocated at box office discretion. They're first come, first serve. Again, at 10am, you can get on the app. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could be anywhere in the theatre. But um, so yeah, I, think I think if you're doing today ticks or day seats for a show like this, it's probably going to have a lot of publicity and yeah. rave reviews just oh, from what, listening to what you've said. It's worth booking those rush tickets or day seats for a weeknight, early weeknight performance, mm. because the weekends... Oh, yeah, is day when... seats at the weekend is difficult. You've got to get there earlier. Yeah. So it's a Monday or a Tuesday night and you'll probably yeah. get good seats for what you're paying. Absolutely. Um, I saw one more show, which is, I just wanted to talk about, it's called In Lipstick and it's a new play at the Pleasance Theatre that has just closed this weekend. Um, I wish I'd got to talk about it in the last podcast, but I just it was just on the cusp. I hadn't quite seen it and we hadn't been able to get together before. Um, because I saw this, it's written by someone I actually know called Annie Jenkins. And I saw this when it was a work in progress and it was done as a reading at the Arcola as part of their new, um, theatre writing program. So it was a read through with, um, like three actors on stage. And that was 2015 or 16. And now it's been properly produced. So it was really interesting to go back and see it. Mm. Um, it's been extended into a full play. It was straight through an hour and a half, I think. And she's expanded a lot on some of the characters. So it's it's very quirky. She's it's this woman living in this house with this young girl. You don't really know what age she is, and nothing's really spelt out for you at first. It's kind of 
this weird relationship. They're they're all dressed up in feather boas. It starts and it's her birthday and she's having these chicken nuggets. And it's just one of those plays where you don't know what's going on and nothing's fed to you. Mm. And you slowly, it slowly unravels. And then you see Cynthia doesn't leave the house, but Maud does. And you see Maud's outside life as she meets this man called Dennis. And is kind of escaping almost this odd insular relationship that she's formed with this girl Cynthia. This sounds like Grey Gardens, hun. It's yeah, it is quite oh, I was like say, yeah. it's very like a sort of, yeah, it's quite modern Grey Gardens. It's a little it sounds like a little like you've opened a window into something. Yes, but you, you don't, don't quite know what know, you're Yes, you don't know what it is, and it has this kind of artifice of this dressing up, this Shirley Bassey videos that they watch together. And it's just it's very interesting how it ekes out and you slowly uncover what's beneath this kind of odd relationship that's going on between the two of them okay before we finish i just want to say one more thing and that is that next sunday jenna russell who we worship at the altar of is doing a concert performance is that how you pronounce say describe it oscar it's an evening with yes an evening with, an evening with jenna russell now oscar and i literally we will see anything that jenna russell does we love her we've love seen her russell. in merrily we roll along um, fun home, this fun last home, year. Sunday in, town. in the park with George. You're in town. She's she's one of our absolute favourites as an actor, as a, as a singer, everything. And so we were so excited when we saw that she was doing a performance, and we'd get to hear her talking about things as well as singing some of the songs. So we bought tickets immediately, full price, but about forty five pounds. We've now seen that it's come on today, ticks. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to go and see Jenna Russell. She's on um, Today Ticks. The tickets are £25 and oh, it's really? on Sunday Bargain. the 3rd of February. One night only. Sunday the 3rd of February. It's at four o'clock. Get down the next weekend or whenever. Leicester, Leicester Square Theatre is it called? Leicester Square Theatre. So yeah, get on Today Ticks and oh, book for Jenna Russell because if you love musical theatre, this is for the people that really love, um, mm-hmm. you know. The She'll tradition. do a lot of Sondheim. Yeah. And the way she interprets a song, it's not just going to kind of be someone singing. She... She acts through her singing. You'll get a, you know, each song will be its own theatrical performance. She She's just... the Emma Thompson of musical theatre. She says everything with a look. That's all she yeah. needs. She doesn't need much. She embodies everything. With a everything. look, with a, a slight tonal shift in voice, with just, yeah, everything. So she is the Emma Thompson. She will get your heart in your throat. She'll take mm. you there. She doesn't need set and scenery. She doesn't need costumes. Her voice and her acting and the way she get, portrays a song is brilliant. I'm so excited for that. Oscar and I have a fantasy um fantasy family and emma thompson is our mother in it and angela lansbury is our grandmother and mm-hmm. i think we should cast jenna russell as our aunt yeah that would be good for the fantasy family. yeah we have yeah. no men in this do you think that's a bad thing we need to like no. cast some men in our family oh, do we yeah i think we should any suggestions no, we'll just be like a, ra- a railway children's star family where the father's like Absent. somewhere <laughs> you don't know where and then he might come back at the end on the train platform we could have simon it. russell beale as an, an our, our uncle. gay uncle gay uncle uncle Sorry. we're also going to see simon russell beale next week in the tragedy of richard the second at the almeida yep always excited to see simon russell beale. oh yeah uh-huh. i know we're not really we're a bit down on the almeida aren't we since 2000 we are yeah, but simon russell beale I held out hope. So we just want to close the podcast by saying that, again, it's our first podcast of 2019 and we want to just talk about how we should always keep supporting theatre. Um, there's been sad news recently that Dr. Doolittle, the musical, and Kill a Mockingbird have both finished. And yeah, I've got a friend... they've cut their tours short, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they've cut their tours short. So what my friend... That? Not well, enough pre-sales for Dr. Doolittle and yeah. I've seen the same for Mockingbird. And so just to kind of bring this into 
kind of sharp relief. My friend Molly Melia Redgrave, um, who's a wonderful actress, she's um, was in Doctor Doolittle, and she posted a thing on Facebook just saying the very sad news of Doctor Doolittle the musical um, closing in two weeks' time hit us this weekend. I now know of a whole bunch of incredibly talented actors, singers, puppeteers, dancers, musicians, stage management, dressers, wiggies, lighting, sound, ASM, swings, and most important, lovely people that she's been working with. And they're now out of work, most of whom had uprooted their lives looking forward to the next 10 months of touring, and they're left with two weeks to rearrange their lives. We just want to implore you all, please, please continue going to the theatre, support productions, go and see things. It's people's livelihoods and I think often we don't think of all the people that are behind the scenes that are making these things happen and we just want to implore everyone just to keep going to the theatres, supporting them and, you know. Yeah, if you hear us talk about something and hear such has come from away, don't think, oh, I really want to see it. Just book it. Just book it. Go and see it. Just get online and book it or pick a day and say, I'm going to go do day seats. Even if you get in the cheap seats, just... Go see it. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up, for example. If you want to get your friend or lover or family member or whatever a present, why don't you open the card and have two tickets to come from away inside it? Mm -hmm. Amazing. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Something like that. Always a good present as well. Yeah. Go see theatre. Go and see theatre. And keep listening to Theatre Club Podcast. Indeed, indeed <laughs> support us, for God's sake, we need support. Yeah, yes. follow us on Twitter at Theatre Club Pod. Follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. And go on iTunes, why not rate this podcast? Leave a little review if you're enjoying it, because we really appreciate that and we appreciate your support. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.